Hi, I'm Jason Pritchard, and welcome to the evtollinsights.com podcast, a show featuring brilliant guests from companies in the aviation and urban air mobility markets. Throughout each episode, we'll be finding out about their exciting projects, which will help revolutionise the way we travel in future and get their insight into the current state of the industry. In this episode, I'm joined by Transant Air's CEO, Greg Burrell, and Chief Operating Officer, Peter Schmidt. The company features a group of experienced aerospace executives, engineers, and entrepreneurs who have designed the VI-400, a tilt-wing VTOL aircraft, which they say will grow to dominate the VIP transport helicopter segment by being faster, cheaper, and safer, and enable a new city center to city center airline. Names on the team's resumes include Bell, Boeing, Delta, the FAA, JetBlue, National Test Pilot School, and NASA. Greg and Peter, thank you so much for joining us. Hi there. Pleasure to be here. Great. Thanks, guys. So starting off with you, Greg, could you tell us a bit more about your career background? Sure. I I come actually out of uh, high tech. Um, I spent uh, 20 years um, building software, mostly for the Internet. Um, I got pulled right out of college into building the routers, the gear that makes up the, the backbone of the Internet. Um, I did that for many years, started a few companies. Uh, mostly I'm an entrepreneurial type, so that's what I've been doing. Um, my uh, interest in aviation began about 10 years ago, um, and it was uh, mostly born out of frustration about my own travel. Peter, could the same question she really. Um, could you tell us a bit more briefly about your career background so far? Absolutely. So I'm a lifetime aviation geek. Uh, I've been an aerobatic pilot for about 20 years. Um, like Greg, I built my career first in high tech, uh, did a series of startups, uh, some other people found it and I went to work for, some I started myself, took a turn doing some turnarounds, I sold a couple of my companies, so I got a chance to work as an executive in large companies that acquired them, and in about a decade ago, I was offered the opportunity to change career tracks into aviation and I leapt at it, so since making that switch, I've worked at um, Linear Air, which is a part 135 charter operator here in the United States. Um, and then went on to work in business aviation in a consultancy called Jet Advisors, ran the second largest aircraft mechanics school in the US. And then I joined Greg full-time on uh, what's become Transcend. Great, thanks, Peter. So Greg, just coming back to you then, um, are you able to tell us a bit more about the story behind Transcend Air? And if possible, talk us a little bit briefly about the VI-400. Excellent. So I, uh, like I said earlier, uh, this was born, this company was born out of frustration. Um, my uh, family is from the New York area. I uh, lived and worked in Boston back, starting back in the 90s. And uh, so I was basically doing that trip a lot uh, in every modality that you can imagine. And uh, the fastest at the time was the, uh, the Eastern Airlines shuttle where uh, you didn't need to buy a ticket. You could park in the, uh, <laughs> right in the terminal building and take an elevator downstairs and get on an airplane. Uh, I used to be able to do that trip in about an hour and a half with uh, no preparation. Uh, mm -hmm. The flights ran frequently and it was just uh, incredibly convenient. Um, I am in high tech though, so I'm used to things just getting better and better at a very rapid clip. Uh, you know, you can, hold a, a terabyte of storage in your hand now, uh, which was all the storage in the world back when I was a kid. <laughs> so I, um, 
I have just felt uh, that over the last few years in particular, uh, especially following 9-11, that that trip just keeps getting longer and longer. And it's a combination of ground congestion and the, the usage of the airports, uh, LaGuardia and uh, Logan airports, uh, that's just, uh, you know, continued to grow with the demand for air, air travel. So I, I would say that, that that's the, the genesis of, of the company. My uh, first try at this, though, was with a, a company called Elatron Aircraft, where we built a um, manned 2,000-pound uh, VTOL aircraft, uh, experimental aircraft. And uh, we were doing flight tests with that aircraft the most interest that we had uh, back then was from oil and gas. Unfortunately, 2015 happened, uh, the price dropped out on that. And so I needed to um, do a pivot and that's what Transcend is. Transcend is um, the realization that when you're looking at VTOL markets, you've got to be very specific uh, if you want to have a market that can support the cost of a whole program of building an aircraft. So, uh, you know, I had been already talking to Peter and, uh, you know, I, uh, go ahead, Peter, tell the story about how I came to you with uh, the idea for an aircraft. Yes. Yeah, so I'd known Greg, obviously, for, for many years, and I switched careers, as I mentioned, and was working at Linear Air, which was a bit of a turnaround situation. Linear Air had been founded to capitalize on the Eclipse Very Light Jet and the promise of Air Taxi that bloomed in the early to mid-2000s. And the 2008 financial crisis was the coup de grace to that business model, which you know, ultimately I now understand wouldn't have worked anyway. So anyway, there I was trying to make money with aircraft at this scale, Eclipse 500s, Cirrus SR-22s, other aircraft. Um, and Greg called me. And uh, he said, hey, I see from your LinkedIn, you're doing something with AirTax. I said, oh, yeah. He's like, well, I'm working on that, too. I was like, oh, really? Um, and I thought he was probably doing some sort of app or something because I knew he was a software guy. He's like, I'm building an aircraft. And I was like, oh, geez, Greg, the last thing the world needs is another aircraft. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 it's different. It's VTOL. And I said, all right, let's talk about that. And uh, by the end of the conversation, he had me convinced um, that VTOL was the key to unlocking the demand that I had been unable to go after with Cirruses and with Eclipse Very Light Jets. So the demand that I, we can go after with VTOL is the center of the city demand, where most of the business district is, most of the business gets done, and where increasingly people want to live. You know, the trend is people are moving back into the cities. Mm. And the problem with trying to make money with small GA aircraft flying from what are called reliever airports on the outskirts of cities is that nobody is near those airports. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's very little demand there. And it's very hard to offer a competitive value proposition. And uh, I learned that the hard way at Linear Air. We tried very hard. I spent five years marketing that value proposition every way we could think of. Um, and uh, although we captured some demand, it certainly wasn't anything like mass market. So the key, when I quit my day job, was when we figured out that we could offer a competitive airline ticket price so that the door-to-door -door cost between Boston and New York, including the VI 400 ticket, was going to be less than taking an Uber from downtown Boston to Boston Logan Airport, taking a Delta shuttle to LaGuardia, and taking an Uber from LaGuardia to Manhattan. So as soon as we saw the price was less and we were going to be reducing the door-to-door -door time from 
almost five hours to about an hour, we knew we had a winning value proposition. That's when I quit my day job and we launched Transcend. Wow. So I, I want to just jump back in. It's Greg. And I, um, you had asked about, so tell me about the, the Vi itself. And um, I think one of the key things here is that I'm, I'm not coming out of the aviation world. In fact, I'm not even coming at this problem as somebody who had, uh, you know, really much experience uh, with aircraft at all, mm. especially small. I mean, I've, I've flown small aircraft, but that's not my thing. What has driven the, the design and the requirements of the buy is very much my view as a customer who wants to both use the service myself, have my mother use the service, uh, you know, to make something that it was uh, generally available to people. Um, and, and I think that the, uh, the details of what this aircraft looks like are very much a result of that, you know, of, of kind of my end user, my customer perspective. So for instance, the speed of the aircraft, I, you know, what I'm, what I'm, complaining about now is basically how long it takes to get between the two cities. Uh, so uh, the aircraft goes really fast, 400 miles, 405 miles an hour, um, which means that basically the time in the air is very similar to that of a big commercial uh, airliner. Um, the cabin, what it looks like inside, very much accommodative of what you're used to with um, premium class service now with uh, existing airlines. So we're not asking you to, you know, jump up on the wing of a Sirius SR-22 and crawl into the back. <laughs> now you're getting into a cabin that's actually quite spacious. The seats are, are wide and it's a very comfortable experience. It's, it's on par or better with what you would experience on the shuttles that do that trip today. So the requirements are very much driven by that, not by ooh, cool, neat technology, as much as what is a, an aircraft that will unlock demand that sits out there today with people like myself. Brilliant. No, thank you very much for that, Greg. That was um, that was a really, really concise um, sort of overview of it. And we at EV Toy Insights have been obviously tracking bits with the Vi 400 and everything at Transcend Air. So we're really excited to, to see all, all this take shape in the near future. And um, my next question, Peter, if, that, if that's okay, is as well as the Vi Air, uh, 400 aircraft, Transcend Air has partnered, I understand, with Lily Helipads to create a network of zero emission barge-based vertipeds. Are you able to talk us about this, please? Oh, I'd love to. So the key to unlocking that demand, we quickly realized, was not just the aircraft. You had to have a compatible infrastructure and the two work together to create the transportation resource that provides the service that people want to buy. So we looked at where you want to operate a VTOL aircraft from. Um, and in the past, people have tried operating from the rooftops of buildings, rooftop helipads. But uh, as we did our research, we learned that that's actually um, quite challenging. Uh, wind is unpredictable and uh, creates turbulence. Um, you're, you're operating the aircraft low and loud near people in their office buildings or in their homes, their apartment buildings. Um, getting up to the rooftop, uh, you know, is a choke point. You've got to wait for an elevator that wasn't designed to service people getting up and off the roof. Uh, fire codes don't support the use. Building codes don't support the use. Electrical codes don't support the use. So, you know, for all of those reasons, we're like, well, that's not a problem we want to go after. 
And we realized that for the service we're offering, city center to city center travel, there's an underutilized public resource we can make use of. And that's the waterfront in almost every major city in the world. Mm. You know, major cities were developed around waterborne travel almost exclusively. And if you go back to the late 1800s and you look at a picture of New York Harbor, it's full of masts and steamships. I mean, there's literally hundreds of them. The East River off, off of Wall Street is, you know, crammed with shipping. You look at it now, there's nothing, maybe one ferry. Maybe you can see the Staten Island Ferry and another, that's it. So we realized that this waterfront is a perfect resource for us to place um, our takeoff and landing pads on. So we looked at construction barges and construction barges are built to hold, you know, tons and tons and tons of weight. They're very stable. They come with these legs that stick down into the bottom and lift them up a bit. So they don't rock with the motion of the waves. They don't move with the tide. So they're rock solid. I mean, they're designed to hold construction equipment. Um, and then we saw, we, we became aware of Lily helipads, John Dotlich, um, John got his helicopter rating and being a construction guy, he was kind of offended by the primitive state of helipads. And he said, we can do better than this. And so he has patented technology with a porous helipad that has embedded LED lighting in it. And so the porosity means that any fluid that comes off the helipad flows down and is captured and separated into tanks. And that fluid could be gray meltwater, it could be de-icing fluid, it could be spilled fuel or spilled oil, whatever it is, it's safely captured, segregated, where it can be recycled or disposed of properly. We said, ah, that's what we want on our barge. Because if we're going to be in the water, we want to make sure that we're not polluting in any possible way. Mm -hmm. And so you couple that with um, solar panels on the roof of the embarkation lounge. And uh, that, that provides plenty of power for the whole facility. So that's where our, our zero emission barge-based vertipad comes from. And what the other great thing about it is it's a modular distributed infrastructure. So that's some jargon, but what I mean by that is we don't have to build a huge airport to start service. We can put one barge in with two landing pads and we can start service in a city. And then as demand grows, we can add more. And as we understand the shape of that demand and where people want to get on and off the vise, we can move those barges, they're mobile. So the key aspect of our approach with both the aircraft and the barge-based infrastructure is that we can put the source of travel next to the travel demand. So you can walk from your office to get on the VI, fly to near where you want to have your meeting, and pick the landing pad. I mean, if you're meeting down on Wall Street, you would land down on the Wall Street heliport. If you're meeting in Midtown, you land at the Midtown, one of the Midtown heliports. Um, so that ends up being key to the convenience aspect as well as the sustainability and, um, and our ability to scale the business over time. So we're very enthused about it. I'm not surprised, Peter. That, that sounds absolutely amazing. And I'm, I'm excited just by you telling me that now. So it's going to be really exciting and it all comes into, into place as well. Um, Greg, could I just, um, just for, from your point of view as well, are you able to tell us a bit then and more about the developments then on the VI and these vertipads? When, when do you think we could likely see a service in, 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 in a commercial aspect? So there's an important aspect of the business that uh, you need to understand, and it's generally true for aviation, and that is that uh, you have to consider uh, when you want to build an aircraft that you have to pay for uh, these high development costs that are associated with aircraft because there's the certification process, there's the design and all the work that goes into it. And if you look uh, in the recent past um, that uh, Airbus had, had placed this bet on the A380 
And uh, the, the issue was that in order for that uh, to be a profitable program for Airbus, they would have had to sell quite a few of those aircraft. And this is something that we were you know, keenly aware of as we were launching into our effort here. And uh, what that has meant is that we've, we've really identified two distinct markets, two distinct uh, places where the aircraft can be used. One is VIP and the other is this, this airline service, scheduled service. And the reason you can't have one without the other is because the, the scheduled service introduces enough volume to produce enough of the aircraft that you can generate the profits needed to actually cover the cost of the program. So these two things go hand in hand. What we're hoping to uh, achieve with this though is to have the aircraft available for VIP service in the, uh, at this point uh, with COVID and everything, let's say 2025. Uh, the, um, you know, the fact is, is that aviation's taken quite a big step back at this point. So hmm. we're still waiting to see when, uh, when things wake back up. But uh, at this point, it's looking like entry into service about 2025. Uh, and that would we would start with the VIP and then unfold that to cover the uh, the full airline service. Great, no, thank you very much for that, Greg. And and uh, the way this year's gone, it will be with us before we know it. So <laughs> very very exciting stuff. Um, Peter, if I could just turn to you, um, many, many congratulations to you and Greg and the rest of the Transend Air team on um, being mentioned in Rob Report's Best of the Best in Aviation. Um, brilliant, brilliant stuff. What impact do you think then the VI 400 can have on this market? So as Greg mentioned, there are two sources of demand for the aircraft. There's the airline business that uh, motivated us originally, and then there's the VIP transport helicopter disruption piece. So when you look at the VI-400R, that's the reserved edition. R stands for reserved. It also stands for race-inspired. Um, it is the luxury variant of the aircraft. It's designed for people who would be looking at purchasing a helicopter for their own use or their corporation's use to transport people around as opposed to um, you know, working on other utility aspects that helicopters are often used to. Uh, in comparison to for those helicopters, we have the cabin volume, luxury, comfort, seating capacity of a medium twin helicopter at half the price. It goes three times as fast and it has one quarter of the direct operating costs. So then when we say it's disruptive, that's where that comes from. I mean, even if it costs the same, the fact that it's three times faster, uh, right there is a disruption. You know, we can get the executives from, you know, to where they need to be in a third of the time. So we're looking forward to developing the market for the VI-400R uh, around the world. And we've been showing this aircraft and the concepts for it um, to start to understand the market better and get feedback from potential customers. To be honest, it was customers who came to us having seen the initial airline version. We had customers inbound say, hey, I'd like to buy one for myself. And we realized that we should embark on this process of designing the luxury variant. Um, so as Greg said, the cabin volume is tremendous. It's a very comfortable aircraft. The seats are two inches wider than first class. You can stretch your legs out. Um, when people see it, I think there's that real aha moment of, ah, this is going to be a better, better experience. So um, the Rob Report recognized that. We were very honored to be one of the best of the best in aviation for 2020, along with Gulfstream's G700, Airbus Corporate Helicopters, Aston Martin Edition, um, the Ember Air uh, Praetor, so great company to be in. 
Um, and so now the pressure is on to continue on this path and really deliver on these expectations. Uh, but you know, we're confident we can do that. We have a great partner in the Huslig collection. Uh, Mark Huslig's business uh, has focused on doing custom completions for high net worth individuals with their helicopters and business jets for many years. Um, I think their design sense is fantastic. And so uh, anyone who uh, is interested in purchasing a Vi400R will have the opportunity to work with Mark's team to derive their own bespoke completion, both interior and exterior, to really tailor it to meet exactly what they want. When the, the service, as you say, is operational, hopefully in 2025, how would that service work? Say, for example, if I was in New York and I needed to use uh, the service to get to in the middle of town, for example, are you able to tell us uh, or explain a bit more about how the Transend Air service would work? So it's a scheduled service airline that operates uh, as a shuttle does. So, um, you know, we've got flights that are leaving every 18 minutes um, from uh, a series of uh, existing vertiports in New York, vertiports to be in areas like Boston. Um, we're excited about it because, again, the, the idea of a kind of uh, inclusive airline service, uh, which feels VIP, but because of the, um, the way we've organized our business, allows us to hit these price points. Uh, so, if you imagine you're, you're in your, uh, your office at Wall Street, you take the elevator downstairs, you can walk the 10 minutes over to uh, the Wall Street heliport, vertiport. Uh, it'll be a vertiport then, it's a heliport today. And you, um, you board one of the aircraft, all the booking and everything done through your phone. Um, you hop on that, 36 minutes in the air, um, there are four other customers on the aircraft with you. Again, very uh, accommodative, uh, large cabin. Um, we take you down, uh, we take you over to Boston, uh, place you down uh, again, right next to the city center where you're walking distance to the whole financial district. So you can think of your door-to-door -door times now where um, you know, it's an hour from you know, meeting table to meeting table. Brilliant. Now, thank you very much for that, Greg. And, and just brings me on to the final question, really, Peter. So um, lots of really exciting stuff to look forward to in the future. Um, what, are your, what are your plans for the rest of this year? So the plans for the rest of this year are to continue our R&D program. Um, you know, the company has really been organized as a very uh, sophisticated R&D effort for the past several years. We have a fantastic experienced team. We're focused on delivering a, an aircraft that uh, will work, will be certifiable, doesn't depend on any um, novel, uncertain to be certified technologies, uh, and delivers um, you know, a, a brand new flight experience, especially for a tilt wing. Um, we've we've uh, determined at this point through our analysis and experimentation that what we have developed with the Vi 400 is the, the most comfortable and stablest tilt wing design so far developed um, in aviation. So that's exciting. Um, the next stage for the program, there are two parts. Uh, we are going to embark on building a full-scale mock-up of the R model so that we can share that with people who might be interested in the R. And we're also looking to partner with a manufacturer to embark on our full-scale manned prototype aircraft. So we have both of those discussions going actively right now. And so for the rest of the year, that's what's going to occupy us. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, we will ink some partnership deals between now and the end of the year. 
and uh, have those announced. And, uh, you know, maybe sometime early next year, you can invite us back on and we'll tell you how it's going. Peter, we'd absolutely love to do that. And, and Greg, Peter, it's been um, brilliant talking to you. Um, it's great to see all the really exciting stuff at Transend. Everyone at evtollinsights.com wishes you the very best going into the future. And absolutely, we'd love to have you back on. Great talking with you, Jason. Thanks. Jason, thank you so much. This was terrific. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to be featured in one of our podcasts, or there's something you feel we should be talking about, then please send an email to editorial at avtollinsights.com. We'll be back soon with another episode, so look out for it on whichever podcast platform you use. Goodbye.